Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You know, you're kind of the talk of the town. Oh, this is going to be good. I'm Michelle Majuk. And I'm Kate Majuk. And we're married. To each other. And this is the Ball Blast NFL Podcast. Each episode, we will feature the latest top news in the NFL and what it means for fantasy football, sports betting, and you, the NFL fan. Ayo! <laughs> so we both thought that we were doing the beginning of AO and the other person was going to do AO. No, that's it. Like the, I feel like it's just the beginning yeah. part of AO. We did that so perfectly and so spot on that I'm not this changing is it now. Actually, the beginning of my singing career. So if this is my <laughs> last podcast, it's been real, everybody. That was beautiful. We actually have football news. Isn't that exciting? So there's been OTAs. A lot of teams have started mandatory minicamp. And we actually have news coming out of these teams over the last couple weeks. And we need to dig into it because there's been some important news that have dropped. I mean, Dalvin Cook got released, what, one day after we released the last podcast? And I was, you know, we were hyping up. (laughs) I was hyping up Tony Pollard. And you were like, what if Dalvin Cook goes to the Cowboys? And I was like, ah, I'm not worried about it. And then he gets released one second later. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we knew he was going to be released. It just was the timing was interesting. Oh, it was terrible. Right time. after we released the <laughs> podcast. But should we just jump right into the Dalvin Cook being released news? Because yes, it not only affects him, I think it affects Alexander Madison far more. But let's talk about Dalvin Cook first. Like Before he was even released. There was all these rumors that he was being connected to the Dolphins or the Broncos. But since over the last you know week or so, the Broncos have said they're not really interested. So is it just the Dolphins? Is that what we're waiting for here? I actually, I have a new favorite fit, which I, I feel like let's get into it. Let's talk about the Dolphins because that has been the, I, I think, talking point of the Dalvin Cook rumors is the fit with the Dolphins, obviously, they're generating an entire team of speedsters, which Dalvin Cook, he's fast, but he's more of a bruiser, I think, than what they currently have in their backfield. So I do think he's adding something to that backfield if he were to join. Um, he's basically a more talented Jeff Wilson Jr. So you would think Jeff Wilson would be off this team if... They were to sign Dalvin Cook. This is really the issue here with the Dolphins is, uh, I mean, all the recent news that's come out, Dalvin Cook is looking to get paid. Like, he's not going to take a tiny contract. He Who is going to pay Dalvin Cook? Know, that is the question. I, I don't think he's going to get a lot, but I, I do think he will get – I don't know if he signs for a team than less than, like, $7 million this for a one-year contract or something. And if you're the Dolphins and you have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. and you took a running back in the third round and, and Devin A. Chain, who's super fast, do you say, okay, we're going to also spend money and get Dalvin Cook? Is he that difference maker for your team? I'm not saying he's not. Like, he could be a huge upgrade over Jeff Wilson Jr., but how much so? You know, I just, like, how much difference is he really going to make? The thing I mean, about if Raheem Mostert were to go down, then. All of a sudden, Dalvin Cook becomes huge, so maybe they release Raheem Mostert since he's been less reliable with staying healthy throughout his career. But then you have, you know, Dalvin Cook and then a slower guy in Jeff Wilson, and then you have a you have your Raheem Mostert in the rookie Devin A. Chain. Yeah, Devin A. Chain's definitely the, I think the missing piece. So like, pick your poison between Jeff Wilson Jr. and Raheem Mostert, and then. You roll with Dalvin Cook, Devin A. Chain, which I think like still very, very speedy combination. That's what Devin A. Chain has offered. But like looking at available cap space, it, Miami Dolphins ranked fifth, fifteenth uh, in available cap space right now. When you look at the teams that are kind of like top of the line in terms of available cap space, it's not necessarily teams that need running backs. You have the Chicago Bears, the Carolina Panthers. 
The Indianapolis Colts rank fifth. Detroit Lions, Arizona Cardinals, like why would they pay a running back right now? The team that stands out, Dallas Cowboys, sitting at third most available cap space. They have Tony Pollard. I'm just saying, Michelle, I know I said, what about Dalvin Cook? I feel like the Dallas Cowboys would be kind of stupid not to invest. You're still Dalvin Cook is going to want to get paid. Like you could just sign back Zeke for a year for probably less. And he knows the system. He's comfortable with the team. He wants to be there. And he probably understands his role with Tony Pollard there at this time. And he would know like Dalvin Cook is going to fully expect to be the full-time starter. Like, yeah, he'll come out for other guys to get his touches as well. But like, he's not going to be, oh, I'm going to split this backfield with Tony Pollard or Tony Pollard might play more than me. Like, I don't see him signing there. I do think it'll be like, I think he wants to go to the Dolphins. There's been too many rumors about it. I could see him going there. And then there's not a whole lot of teams that need running backs right now. No, that's it's the market right now. The Rams are one of them, but they have like the lowest, the third lowest cap space available right now. But the Rams are a team. I mean, they have Cam Akers coming off an Achilles tear and that's like it. I mean, in the middle of last year, we were talking about Cam Akers not even being on the Rams anymore. And that's like your only running back that you have on this roster right now. Maybe the commanders, where are they at with cap space? I mean, I don't know. 23rd in available they, cap I mean, it space. Looks like that's they have about fine. 10 million right now. So but they, like, you want to allocate, you could, have 10 million of cap space. You want to allocate 7 million of that I feel like they could to the running game. They have Brian Robinson Jr., they have Antonio Gibson. I don't feel like. Yeah, but Dalvin Cook is a hundred times. Obviously, better. but like do I actually you... think so if they're truly trying to compete this year in the NFC East. It's just so funny to think if they like do you actually think like looking at the Washington Commanders, you must just always think like, do we really but think you have we're a young quarterback in Sam Howell? Would you want to get him a veteran that you can lean on in the run game instead of just depending on Bryant? Uh oh my god. Brian Robinson. I almost kept wanting to call him Brian Johnson. I was like, that's not it. (laughs) Brian Robinson, who, like, great story, but he's just a guy. He's not a difference maker in the slightest. We saw his efficiency uptick slightly as the season went on. He got further out from injury. Yeah. If they go into the season with him, they'll be fine. He's not a difference maker, though. So I can see the commanders being an option as well. I just don't know if Delvin Cook would want to go to the commanders. I'm sure he's just, like, if I were him, I would be not as much worried about, well, that's a harder thing to say because I'm not in his shoes, but not as much worried about the money if you've been saving all your millions that you've made in this league so far. And go with the Dolphins because they're still like they have a real chance at winning something. You're going to be your best self there in that system. And then you have a chance to get paid more next offseason. I don't know. That would just be my go to. Yeah. Why I, would you want to go be miserable <laughs> with the commanders or like. I guess, like you said, the Cowboys, but I, I just don't get why they would bring Dalvin Cook instead of Zeke. I mean, because they've they have th- my biggest worry with my Tony Pollard take is they haven't closed doors with Zeke yet, and Zeke hasn't signed with anyone, hasn't been rumored to anybody. Like, well, I, yeah, because nobody. Easily, I could easily see Zeke signing in training camp for a low one million deal to stay with the Cowboys. He didn't get anything, and they're going to give him plenty of touches. Like if that happens. I, yeah, I think that's totally the obviously the door is still open, but it might not be the worst thing for Tony Pollard's ADP because I still believe Tony Pollard would lead that backfield. Yeah, but Zeke still being there still around the goal line that would stink. Now, the the fit that I want to talk about, and this can be the last of Dalvin Cook, but I do feel like we need to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals rank 11th in available cap space. They do need to create some more. Uh, which they could do by releasing Joe Mixon. Uh, they Joe would Mixon save... and Dalvin Cook are the same. No, because right because Joe Mixon, it, you can save ten million dollars against the cap this season. Yeah, but then you would by... just have to pay Dalvin Cook. That's $10 fine. Million. Save three million dollars. That goes towards Joe Burrow. That you're basically banking that you know three to four extra million dollars that you save. I think you get an upgrade going from Joe Mixon to Dalvin Cook. I would argue you save See, money. I don't think so at this point. I don't think so at this point. I think they're the same exact type of statistically. Right absolutely. Well, Dalvin cook careers, is yes, but I'm just saying, I think at, at this moment in time, I think they're pretty much the same players. You can't compare it on. Different then why players. wouldn't you want to, then why wouldn't you want to save money with Dalvin cook? Cause, Cause you're not going to have, he knows the system. He knows the players. He knows the team. Like, oh my God. It's, why why bring in someone else? I, I really just think it's the Dolphins, Rams, Commanders, 
maybe Denver comes back in. There's okay. not too many options. Okay. Maybe Cowboys, and then I'd I'm I'm all aboard Team Bengals. Uh, create some some a little bit more cap space. You need to get Joe Burrow under a long term deal. Maybe uh, that happens this off season. Releasing Joe Mixon just to sign Dalvin Cook would seem so pointless. Oh, I no, I think you're I. I don't know how you don't think there's a clear upgrade in terms of efficiency. But like, like even get, even like, Dalvin Cook averaged 4.4 yards per attempt last season. It, Joe Mixon. Different offensive lines, though. Different offensive lines. Now you get Orlando Brown there with the Bengals. Huge difference maker. But, I'm sure that'll help Joe Mixon, but it'll exponentially help somebody who I think is a better running back in Dalvin Cook. Why not just More explosive. Leonard Fournette or Zeke at that point for like $2 million this year. If you're going to move. I think Dalvin cook has, has more juice than any of these washed. Yeah. 2017 running backs. Where is Daryl Henderson at? Cause a team should be signing. Uh, him. The Bengals should be moving on from Joe Mixon and signing Daryl Henderson. I mean, no I wouldn't, money. I wouldn't go that far, but I yes, did. like Daryl Henderson's be, a better running back. He should a hundred percent be signed, but it, like you're out of your mind. If you don't think Dalvin cook is, an upgrade at, at any point in their careers. No, I mean, over uh, Joe Mixon. yeah, throughout their careers, Dalvin Cook has been the most. And yeah, like, get, yeah, like saving $3 million against the cap doesn't feel like a big deal, but it is a big deal. They were drafted in the same year, huh? Yeah. I don't know why I keep thinking Dalvin Cook is so much older than Joe Mixon. No. I could just have that sense to me. All right, well, let's move on to Alexander Madison because I think this is the bigger storyline. We, with Dalvin Cook leaving this team, we received a new really fantasy relevant running Ooh. back. And, and I'm not just talking fantasy, but like a potential top 10 running back came to the fantasy world because of this Dalvin cook release. And it, as of right now, it hasn't taken anyone away yet. Right. And if he goes to Miami, it's not going to take anyone away either. We weren't expecting huge things out of most or Jeff Wilson or Devin a chain. So if he goes to Miami and then we get Alexander Madison with being the starter with the Vikings, that's great for fantasy. And I'm also wondering, like, how high does this make Alexander Madison? Because right now on the Vikings roster, it's Alexander Madison. And then you have Ty Chandler, who was a fifth-round pick last year. He had six carries for 20 yards. You have uh, Dwayne McBride, who was a seventh-round pick this year. Now he had a really great season in college this last year at Auburn. But, like, uh, you know, he's a seventh-round pick. And then uh, Kenny Nowagwu. Nwangu. Thank you. I was just waiting for you. I think it's Nwangu. Zero career carries. He's just the primary kick returner. He's a great kick returner. He's not going to be a running back, right? So it's Alexander Madison's backfield. It has been whenever Delvin Cook was hurt. How high are we going with Alexander Madison and fantasy this year? Because when I look at the ADP, uh, it's hard not to put him top 10. I mean, yeah, when you're looking – at the running backs going in a similar range like Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker, all of these guys have major question marks, right? Like, I don't think Alexander Madison has a ton of question marks. You look at his production profile with and without Dalvin Cook, and man, when he is without Dalvin Cook, he produces, uh, like, not not – quite as efficient averaging you know 4.2 yards per carry uh in games where he's been like the lead back but he's been a capable workhorse averaged 21 rush attempts per game uh 90 rushing yards almost half a touch or just over half a touchdown per game like he was a fantasy stuper superstar superstar he was a superstar uh like just crushed it like he was a workhorse and you don't get that and I don't think there's anybody else in that backfield that is a threat for touches I do prefer uh, if we're like talking about who might be the the backup to roster at this point like no I don't care about the backup like it's Alexander Madison or bust for me I mean I guess I think it's it's Dwayne McBride for me I was surprised that he fell to the seventh round I liked him coming out of Auburn but I just generally think that like there's not enough threat with the backups that it, they're going to truly compete for touches on a week to week basis. I think Alexander Madison is a lock for the top 10 this year. Yeah. I mean, he averaged 23 fantasy points per game over his last five starts. Like when he gets to start, 
He's fantastic. And then talk about not even just starts. In games, he's had 20-plus touches. He's only had five career games with 20-plus touches. Three in 2021, two in 2020. Somehow, Dalvin Cook stayed healthy for a full 17 games last year, first time in his career. So Madison didn't get to play a ton in any of those games. But five career games with 20-plus touches, he averaged 145.8 scrimmage yards per game and had four touchdowns over those five games. That's the most scrimmage yards per game since 2020 in games with 20-plus touches in the NFL. It goes Alexander Madison, Christian McCaffrey, Derek Henry, and then Delvin Cook. Oh, what about them Vikings? Yeah, huh? obviously CMC, Henry, and Cook have had a lot more of these games, so it's a small sample size with Alexander Madison. But, like, they don't miss a beat when Delvin Cook is gone. Alexander Madison steps in and does exactly what Delvin Cook did. And – I think he's younger, so we can see a better version of what we saw out of Dalvin Cook last year. They should still be scoring at a high rate, and I think he's going to get like pretty much all these touches in this backfield. So when I'm comparing him against Ramondre Stevenson and Brees Hall and Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, J.K. Dobbins, Kenneth Walker, all those guys from 10 to 15, I want Alexander Madison over him. Over yeah, them. yeah. Agree. I like. I think Alexander Madison is a a top ten running back in twenty twenty three. Like easily. Let me ask you: If Dalvin Cook signs with the Dolphins, would you prefer Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison in fantasy in twenty twenty three? Madison by a long mile. Why by a long mile? I thought it would be close. No, like I think there are going to be plenty of scoring opportunities with Miami, but I think what they're executing is something that it, they're they're executing a fast offense. They're Raheem Moser and Jeff Wilson had some good games last year. They did, but I, I also think it's it's really challenging because they're generating an offense built around efficiency and not necessarily volume. And that, like, I, I don't know that I'm going to bank on efficiency. Even in the best of offenses with an aging running back with the knowledge that like you have Tyree kill, you have Jalen Waddle, like those are the focal points of that offense. And I think the run game though, complimentary is not, that is not the identity of the Miami dolphins. The run is not the identity. And I think Dalvin cook needs probably more touches. And like the thing about, you know, these other running backs is they're so explosive. So like they force one missed tackle at the line of scrimmage they could be gone because they have speed for days. Like, not to say that those breakaway runs will like hurt Dalvin Cook, but let's say you know a few of those every year break off, end up for a touchdown. That's less opportunity for Dalvin Cook to make it at the goal line. Like, um, I know I had Jeff Wilson last year at the end of last year. Really hope like. You know, I, I needed him in certain games to score touchdowns, and then I just feel like Raheem Mostert would break one off, and you're like, gosh, darn it. No, like stop, stop yeah, like, scoring. No, I want I want some guys to get tackled, you know, yeah, right inside the, the five. Again, like most are probably one of most or Jeff Wilson would have to be gone for them to bring in Dalvin Cook. But we'll talk about Dalvin Cook more once we know. But Devin A chain Devin A chain brings that same speed. So it's not even Yeah. It's hard. But it's hard. Moving on from Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. You mean the top 12, top 10 running back in 2020? Well, we have another top 10 running back that has questions going into this week. So Saquon Barkley, right? The Giants mandatory minicamp starts. Saquon Barkley comes out on Sunday, has an interview. He says he's not going to be at mandatory minicamp. And there is a possibility that he could sit out the 2023 season if he does not receive a contract extension the Giants have until July 17th to sign Barkley to a contract extension, or he would have to play on the franchise tag this season. So we have about a month and a few days remaining. Yeah. Are we worried? Yeah. Do you actually think he would sit out? Because, I mean, everyone's comparing it to Le'Veon Bell, right? In 2018, he was franchise tagged for the second time, so a little bit different than Barkley's situation. But – after playing on the tag in 2017, he didn't want to play on it again in 2018, and he wanted this huge extension. He wanted to reset the running back market. He didn't do that, and then he sat out the entire 2018 season. But the um, the way it works now, I think Saquon Barkley would end up getting fined a ton of money, which Bell did not get fined. Don't quote me on that. I thought Bell did get fined money, but 
So he got fined some, but I think and he, he definitely did. lost. He certainly lost out on income. Well, yeah, and but I, I do think the situations are different now with the new. What am I trying to think of? What's the word? The new CBA. CBA. Yeah. Thank you. But here's the thing: the Giants rank 28th in available cap space right now. They're going to have to do some work if they're going to get Saquon Barkley under a long-term deal. They just signed Daniel Jones to. What I think was like a very reasonable contract, uh, and still, it- honestly, though, if they they extend Barkley, they could lower his cap hit for this year because his cap hit for this year, if he's going to be on the franchise tag, will be ten point one million dollars. That's pretty high for a running back, yeah, because it's just a one year, so it all hits this year. They could lower that for this upcoming season and actually Push money save, down the- yeah, save cap space. So it just really comes down to: Do they want to pay a running back a long term deal? And it hasn't worked out for a ton of teams lately paying running backs on long-term deals. They might feel like they can get someone cheaper. They might feel like, you know, maybe Barkley's asking for way more than they feel comfortable paying him. I mean, it's, it's just hard. Like running backs are in an incredibly difficult position right now because they know their careers are short. So they want to make as much money as they can while they, their bodies are still allowing them to do it. But we've seen kind of time and time again that you can replace the running back position. So, yes, yeah, Saquon Barkley, he is a difference maker at the running back position. But, like, the tear break between a Saquon Barkley and, I don't know, name an, another good running back. Um, name a mid-tier. Derek Henry. Oh, not no, mid-tier. 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 Miles Dang, Sanders. Michelle. Yeah, like the difference between a Saquon Barkley and a Miles Sanders. So it's st- it's significant, but it's not significant as, you know, a, a TJ Watt versus a, you know, another linebacker. Like you're not you're not getting that that big tear break. And I mean Daniel Jones like again, bring in Daryl Henderson. Yeah, like bring in Daryl. There has to be something Behind Daryl Henderson. I don't know what's going on with him. But. It's just like the thing is that the the running back position isn't in isn't in a great place. Though I do think the the fact you bring up uh that they could lower their cap hit or I didn't even think about the fact that they already have yeah. ten thousand or ten million accounted for for Saquon Barkley. So well, and it, it is very unusual for running backs to play on the franchise tag. So only four running backs have played on a franchise tag all time. It was Bell in 2017, Darren Sproles in 2009. So that means since 2010, only one running back has played on the franchise tag. And then the other two were Sean Alexander and Edron James in 2005. And then Alexander was actually the only one that received a long-term contract with that same team in the following season. So it's really like you get, they don't, uh, it seems like teams don't want running backs to play on this franchise tag. And interestingly enough, we have three running backs that could play on the tag this year. That would almost double the amount of running backs that have played on a tag all time just in one season because we have Tony Pollard sitting on a franchise tag that he signed. He seems okay playing on it. And then Josh Jacobs, who ha- also has not signed yet and is not uh, you know, participating in mandatory minicamp or anything like that. So we could be dealing with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs both – holding out this year and those are two top five fantasy running backs from last year yeah and like looking forward I don't think the situation necessarily gets easier for the Giants they do have a like a pretty decent cap hit in place for Daniel Jones next year for Darren Waller next year and like if you look at available cap space they actually they rank pretty high for the 2024 season um, but the issue is they don't have a ton of players that are actually signed to contracts through next year. So like 49 players signed to contracts, they do have, have some decent money that they can spend, but do you want to spend it on a running back? And I feel like the answer is no. I mean, but Barkley is like their offense, right? I will say they might be a little worried because how he fell off last year. I mean, he started so incredibly hot. He had 931 rushing yards from weeks one through 10, which led the NFL. And then from weeks 11 through 18, that's a whole second half of the season, had 381 rush yards. His yards per carry went down from 4.7 to 3.9. 
So his efficiency went way down. His fantasy points went way down. He was averaging 20 fantasy points from weeks one through 10. He was running back three over that span in points per game. That went down to 14.9 from weeks 11 through 18. Still running back nine over that span. So it wasn't like bad, but that's still a five point difference from one half of the season to the next. So he was amazing to start the year. Definitely fell off and maybe. But that's the story of an aging running back. Like. I understand the Giants' hesitation. Is he aging, though? Isn't he still pretty young? Uh, I believe he's 26. Yeah, he's 26. And he just turned 26, like a few months ago. History of a torn ACL has had a he significant... He still have another year or two that are really good. No, him. I agree. But, like, that's why, it, like, I, I would say if I were the Giants, I'd want to do, like, a two-year deal yeah. with Saquon Barkley and... You know, two years, $16 million. Does that feel? He's going to. Pro- he's that going, feels more than fair. He's going to have to compromise because there's too many running backs on the market right now. And That's, the market sucks. There's no there's no great landing spot. Like there's no there's, you know, even if they signed and and traded him like who's going to trade for Saquon Barkley on the franchise tag? You know, like even if he signed that franchise tag, where are you going to go? Yeah. Cause there's nobody else that's going to pay you either. It's just, it's a crap market. I will say if you, you know, play dynasty, one guy to make sure, you know, keep that eye on. He's probably already off waivers after your rookie drafts. Or if you haven't done your rookie draft yet, get Eric gray. in yeah. one of the last rounds, he's a fifth round running back that the giants took this year. He led Oklahoma with 1,366 rush yards and 11 rushing touchdowns last season. Averaged 6.4 yards per carry last year, which was second in the power five, minimum 200 carries, and had 44 carries of 10-plus rush yards last season, which was tied for sixth most among FBS running backs. He's explosive. He, uh, I don't know if he can be an NFL running back. None of us do, and he's only a fifth rounder, so that's Kind of doesn't happen all the time, but lately we've seen guys like Philip Lindsay, like James Robinson, um, like Elijah Mitchell have really good rookie seasons as late round picks because they get the opportunity. This could be the opportunity that Eric Gray needs if Barkley ends up sitting out or also either way have Bark or have Eric Gray on your bench, like for dynasty leagues, because Saquon Barkley is not the most healthy running back in the world. Oh yeah. He's definitely like this isn't the time to to necessarily go out and and trade and acquire gray you're definitely going to be paying a premium for him but i mean when you look at opportunity uh look at the way that they kind of unlocked daniel jones in the run game i expect them to lean into that uh maybe a little bit more and and you know I, i think that only helps out the designed runs that you know you could see from saquon barkley or the the player behind him yeah next story yeah a lot of a lot of high quality fantasy assets having you know news this week yep well deandre hopkins he's visiting two teams that i feel like when he gave his list of teams he'd be interested in these would not be at the top of his list but he has had two visits scheduled and completed the patriots and the titans those are the only two we've heard of so far and when he first was released, he was talking about how he wanted a really good quarterback, um, a good team, a good defense, uh, you know, a, a Super Bowl contender, like all these things. And I just don't know if the Patriots or Titans would be on that list for me if I was him. But they do desperately need a wide receiver one. So that's a fit. I definitely think the Patriots are uh, much closer in that window than – I would consider the Titans. I mean, good quarterback. I like Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is a, like, he's a, he can absolutely deliver the a Patriots, ball. No but problem. like, you would think DeAndre Hopkins right now are looking for Super Bowl contender or no at this point in his career. And I'm just surprised. But who that, is closer to that, the Patriots or the Titans? I guess the Patriots. But it's a hundred. Do you I not would, think Mac Jones is better than what would you Ryan put the Tannehill? chances at winning a Super Bowl this year? Because I would put them at like 0.0001 for better. Sure. Better chances than the Tennessee Titans. Okay. Um, but what I'm seeing as the theme here between the Patriots and the Titans is that 
DeAndre Hopkins really wants an opportunity to be a team's number one. and Which he would get in a lot of, like, why not go sign with the Chiefs? I guess maybe they're not offering him anything, and they have, like, no cap space. So, okay, that makes sense if he does want to make some money and be the wide receiver one. But, so the Patriots have 31 receiving touchdowns since 2020. The Patriots wide receiver is tied for 30th in the NFL. 6,880 receiving yards, 26 in the NFL. Now, they haven't had great wide receivers. It's been like Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Maybe, maybe that's the reason why. And it very likely is. And I think if DeAndre Hopkins were to go there, he would put up decent numbers. But, like, could you really put him at, like, 1,400 receiving yards if he goes to the Patriots with Mac Jones, with Bill Belichick, who loves to run and play defense? I don't think you get there maybe necessarily as much on volume if he goes to the Patriots. I think you get there more on hopefully some efficiency and and knowing that Bill Belichick is is a pretty balanced coach. But by by far he is the wide receiver one. You know he's going to get volume even if it's not 160 targets. He's probably going to get around I would say 140. If he's with the New England Patriots, he's like so far and away the the wide receiver one. It, I I don't know. I I think the Patriots would be a fine fit. We've always seen this like weird connection with DeAndre Hopkins and Bill Belichick. Clearly, there's like some respect. There's some vibes. I mean, Hopkins and Juju together becomes a pretty good wide receiver duo. All of a sudden, and then you have Kendrick Bourne as your third. And then Kendrick have, Bourne as your third is, is really outstanding. Good. And then you have Hunter Henry, and then you have Ramondre Stevenson as your running That's a back. good offense. That's a really good offense and a, a solid and Mac enough Jones, offensive line. Like, and, but that's what I'm saying. This would be it for Mac Jones. Like, you have to show that you're something oh, or not. Oh, yeah. And then also a real offensive coordinator, because last year they had Matt Patricia. Pat Patricia. Matt Patricia calling offensive plays. He's a defensive coach that was crazy he was so bad but there was like there was not All good vibes so I, I do think if he had to choose between the Patriots and Titans the Patriots would be the most obvious choice when it comes to his career and actually trying to win games because with the Titans I mean he would have all the opportunity in the world this is the Titans wide receiver depth chart right now top six just we all know Traylon Burks yes Nick Westbrook Akeen okay no, the the real fun part is when we take a beat here and we say, listeners, can you name the wide receiver three for the Tennessee Titans? And the answers, any of them, any of them, any of the next four. I'm about any to of the next four, and the answer is probably no, and that tells you everything Unless you're a you Titans need to know. Fan or you like really study this roster, these are the next four: Kyle Phillips, Racy, <laughs> Racy McMath, <laughs> Colton Dowell, and Chris Moore who I'm sure you've heard of from Houston, but like, but had no idea yeah, that he, he somehow ended up. Yeah. Those are their top six wide receivers. The rest of the guy in the roster would, were undrafted free agent signed this year. So that's it. I mean, they desperately need Deandre Hopkins. I don't really know if they're trying to win this year. I mean, I guess every team is trying to, yeah. but if you're Hopkins, like what potential do you see with this team they might be you know you might have ryan Tannehill for one half of the season and then they're moving on to a rookie quarterback in the second half of will levis is that really something you want to deal with they gave up a lot of like they just seem like they're kind of they're in flux right now that that seems silly i mean hopkins could get one gazillion targets in this offense we've seen ryan Tannehill have really great fantasy uh, make aj brown really great in fantasy so it's not like the worst landing spot for him. It just doesn't make any sense. And then there are rumors about him rejoining Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, which I think, I mean, as far as quarterbacks go, that's a great quarterback to have throwing you the ball if Watson gets anything back to normal. But then you have Amari Cooper there. Like, I guess Watt or Hopkins is so much better than Cooper, but still. Yeah, I yeah i just still like don't care i <laughs> just don't care like um so where do you think he signs if i could bet money on it it would be with the patriots yeah me too i can picture the patriots and i'm kind of thinking like that's a pretty nice patriots offense if he does if, sign. if you're mac jones you were praying but also like you know you know that 
the heat is on. Like there is no more ifs, ands, or buts. Like this is where you produce. But like, Juju, let's not forget so the difference it makes. Juju is a wide receiver one, and Kendrick Bourne as a two is really not great. It's not easy to stomach. But then if you say Hopkins is your one, Juju's two, Bourne is three. That's yes. all of a sudden fantastic. Yeah, it, like I'm glad you're officially all in. But like, let's not forget that. We actually saw some like quality football from Mac Jones in his rookie season. Took a big second year. Uh, what's the opposite of a leap? Um, <laughs> tumble, <laughs> like a, a big giant tumble. But if anybody is going to bring D, or, you know Mac Jones back to relevancy and get him back in Bill's good graces, I a hundred percent think it's DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. So we'll see if he ends up visiting anywhere else. I, I the all the news coming out is that he's going to take his time. He's going to visit a bunch of teams. So maybe you know these are just the first few teams he went. He's to being wined and, and yeah. dined. You know, if I feel like if the Bills or Chiefs end up calling him, it would be silly not to go to one of those two teams. And now you have the the you know rumors that Stephon Diggs oh, might not. Stephon be Diggs out. was there and it was fine. Everything was dramatic for no reason for okay. two hours. All right, next up, this kind of goes with what I was, my bold prediction from last week. If you did not listen to last week's podcast, go listen. It's unhinged. It's ridiculous. We give our uh, top six bold predictions for the 2023 season. One of mine, where that Justin Herbert's going to be a beast mode. Yeah. Find out just how beast mode-y she thinks he will be by go listening. Don't give it away, Michelle. Don't. Don't sell the farm. There was more news about Justin Herbert. It's not really news, but Keenan Allen, obviously Chargers wide receiver, told reporters that in this new offensive system, because they moved from Joe Lombardi, who was the OC last year, to Kellen Moore, he said that they're going to be passing deep a lot more more often, and Justin Herbert has a cannon. They should be using it. And apparently, uh, according to The Athletic, uh, Daniel Popper was the writer and the, the analyst here, the reporter. He said that during the Chargers OTAs, they were attempting a lot of throws down the field, 40 plus yards. And that it, it does look like it's going to be different from Joe Lombardi's really short passing offense, which they need to do. Like you have a quarterback that's very capable of throwing down the field. Why are you throwing these dink and dunks nonstop? That's not going to be good for your offense. Herbert averaged 6.8 pass yards per attempt last year, which ranked 26 among 33 qualified quarterbacks, and averaged 6.7 air yards per attempt last season, third fewest in the NFL. 152 pass attempts behind the line of scrimmage. Checkdown king. Yeah, that was the most in the NFL last year the ball needs to go further down the field. And I don't think that's Herbert's fault that it wasn't. I think it was the offense. And I'm really hoping that Kellen Moore opens this up. And if all his wide receivers are healthy, like this could be a beautiful thing. Like if he's actually passing down the field more, his yards per attempt goes up, he could have a monster, monster season. Yeah, I, I definitely think that, I mean, we we know the upside is there. We know that like especially bringing in Quentin Johnston, Having Keenan Allen, having hopefully a healthy Mike Williams, having all three of those wide receivers on the field at the ex- at exact same time, then you throw in Austin Eckler, like, holy crap, that would be absolutely incredible. Um, Austin Eckler should be one of those, like, okay, he is my last guy, right? Like, at, nothing is open. I dump it off to Austin Eckler. He shouldn't be your, like, first read. go-to. And that happened so often last year. You were saying that he said – like Herbert had so many quick throws and they're all what like under three air yards. And I'm guessing most of those went to Austin Eckler. That should not be your first go-to on these passes. Like sometimes sure in screenplays, but that should not be called that often. Chargers led the league last year with a 26% target share to the running back position. Now I don't think this does as much for maybe Justin Herbert. Cause I think we all know the potentials there. Except, like, the the one concern I have, obviously, throwing deeper down the field, you have more room for inaccuracies, more room for errors, more room for miscommunication. So I would expect that, like, the safety of Justin Herbert, we might see 
yeah, you but know, he was a, never a higher safe. rate he was of garbage last year for fantasy. But you might no, I, I don't mean safety for fantasy. I just mean in terms of like turnover worthy, oh. turnover worthy plays. Um, like you might see him taking more risks, and that could potentially result in you know more interceptions. So that might be something to be wary of. But I think the biggest question is what does this do for Austin Eckler because he has been so reliant on those checkdowns. Uh, four straight seasons of 50 plus targets. Uh, this has been, or sorry, five straight target or five straight seasons with 50 plus targets, four straight seasons of 50 plus catches. Like that has been his absolute bread and butter. And he hasn't necessarily been like overly efficient as a runner. It's really been a lot of that well, he PPR wasn't efficient volume. as a receiver last year either. Only 6.7 yards per reception. That's far but again, too low. Chicken or the egg. Like he's, you know. It, but he had 127 targets last year. That's not happening again. I do think it could be closer to somewhere in 2021 where he had 94 targets. That's still amazing for a running back. I still expect Austin Eckler to get plenty of targets. And he's been the touchdown leader in each of the last two seasons. So if he ends up getting still 94 targets and gets those touchdowns, they didn't add any running backs. Like maybe Dalvin Cook could go to the Chargers. That could be an option because it's really just Austin Eckler. I, I still think he's a good fantasy option, but I don't think he will be a top three running back this year like he has been the last couple of years. I'm going to have him a little bit lower because I do think they need to open up this offense and use their wide receivers more. So no, I don't. I don't think he has 127 targets this upcoming year. I can see it being around 80 to 90, which is plenty fine. Okay. But where do you want to? Where do you feel comfortable drafting Austin Eckler then? If he's falling outside of the top three, like just considering average draft position, obviously. It, I want Christian McCaffrey and Bijan Robinson over him for sure. But this is my thing. I think Tony Pollard could outscore Austin Eckler. Would I draft him over him? No, because I don't have to, right? It's not like I would take him that high. But, like, I could just wait for Tony Pollard in the next round instead of taking Austin Eckler. So maybe I go wide receiver in that middle of the first round where Austin Eckler is going. I'll take a wide receiver. Or, you know, if B. John Robinson's sitting there, I'd prefer him. Obviously, CMC is going to go before him. I mean, he's still – Austin Eckler's still going to be a great – fantasy running back and I think he's still a fine pick so it seems like the odds of him being on your fantasy rosters in 2023 is relatively low yeah because I don't see him falling and outside been, of the top five running backs I've been the biggest Austin Eckler supporter over the last two years of course and I've had I had him ranked top five even in 2021 before he broke out so I I love him it's just I think his his touchdowns have to go down at some point like I can't be predicting Justin Herbert to have all those touchdowns I'm not going to give it away for my <laughs> prediction. And then also predicting you have deeper throws and them to be passing down the field more and then also still having Austin Eckler as a top three running back. Like that wouldn't all make sense. Yeah. I think you, with the number of weapons are, you've got to make, yeah, you've got to see I, some direction. We, we need Mike Williams to stay healthy for Justin Herbert to have his full potential. Williams averages 15 yards per reception since 2020 second in the NFL among players with 150 receptions. Only A.J. Brown has averaged more at 15.6. Right behind him is Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Devo Samuel. So A.J. Brown, I've a, heard he's pretty good. He's with a studly group of five here, and he's number two. And then also they they drafted a monster in Quentin Johnston, a super tall dude at like six foot four, 220 pounds. Like he's a big dude, right? And he averaged 18.3 yards per reception. Uh, from 2021 to 2022 very led, explosive athlete yeah led so the good. power five during that time super explosive like you said so he has these big weapons that he can hit deep and then he also has Austin Eckler that he can hit short and Keenan Allen he can hit intermediate he has everything he needs here and he, should he has be weapons at every level of the field he's just gotta he's just gotta work his way down the field like Yep, and hopefully Kellen Moore helps open that up, and I think he will. And lastly, our last news point here, Jameer Gibbs. We love him, right? He, he's, he's fast. 
He's growing on me every single day. And I'm getting scared because this is what happens to Lions running backs. They grow on you. These young Lions running like backs. Like a fungus. Carry on Johnson. DeAndre oh, Swift. No. And now Jameer Gibbs. It's like, oh, man, but what could they be? Jameer Gibbs me a break. <laughs> what could they be? Well, the Athletic, they reported that the Lions have made a point of emphasis to move Gibbs all over the place in practice. They want to say on one play, he'd line up in the backfield on the next. He'd be in the slot on another. He'd be split out wide as an outside receiver or show that look prior to him, uh, motioning back to running back. Boom, 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 boom all over the field, baby using him all over the place. I mean, this is what we know of Gibbs, right? He's a dual threat. He's a good running back. He was a very good receiving back with Alabama last year. And when you're looking at his collegiate, career in comparing him to others there have been 44 running backs that have 300 plus carries and 100 plus receptions in college in the power five since 2000 among those 44 gives average the second most yards per touch in college 6.9 yards per touch only behind travis Etienne. among those 44 running backs travis Etienne has not been getting the receptions in college, like we thought he would, or in the NFL, like we thought he would, but he is extremely explosive. So those yards per touch have translated from college to the NFL because ETN breaks off a run every two seconds whenever he gets given the ball. So I do think Gibbs is going to have a lot of these explosive plays. I do think he's a better receiving back than well, ETN the, was coming out of college. The difference is, like you mentioned, the the lack of receiving work for ETN, where it's literally the point of emphasis yeah. for Gibbs right now. And, and the lines are making that known. Gibbs was also drafted, what, 12, 13 spots ahead of ETN in their respective draft. And the Lions would have taken him, what, six overall? Yeah. Like but that? Like you wouldn't think that because it felt like ETN was that more pristine uh, prospect coming out. But Gibbs got the better draft capital by a good chunk there. I just, I think. Gibbs is going to be really, really good for fantasy right off the bat. I mean, I know they have David Montgomery there and they are going to give him touches and maybe he steals some work. And the biggest issue is what if he steals goal line work, but it's not like David Montgomery's great. And they seem to be obsessed with Jimmy or Gibbs, the lions. I mean, damn near broke the table when, oh when they God. drafted him. They were like, Oh my God, we were so worried he wasn't going to make it. And teams were like, we weren't going to, Nobody was going to, nobody was going to draft. Yeah. That, that was like one of my favorite clips from the entire NFL draft. Cause the ratio of elation to like actual NFL production, regardless of how good Jameer Gibbs is, like how much does that actually translate to like wins for your football team? Who the hell knows the ratio of elation to however many wins Jameer Gibbs himself is going to generate for your football team feels off. But Jameer Gibbs, very talented. I'm still not 100% sold. And I worry just comparatively, like, the hype versus what we're going to get in terms of production. Now, I know he's probably going to be efficient because he's explosive. He can have those breakaway runs. But will that translate to some inconsistencies for fantasy football? Maybe. Like a lot of running backs. But when you're looking at his ADP right now, and this is going to change, I, I think, by a lot by the time we get to the end of August, early September, when we're drafting for the 2023 season. But right now he's a running back 20 for 2023 ADP. He's going after guys like Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins. I want Gibbs over any of those guys, right? So that already puts him at running back 14 because I just think his ceiling is – higher than those guys and honestly the floor feels pretty much the same too because they all have risks and it, like maybe Aaron Jones you're saying well why is he he's not so much risky as super super inconsistent right like they have a 40 point game every now and then and then a bunch of like nothings so I I would just rather take Gibbs there especially when we're talking about PPR leagues and then once you get upwards towards RB13, that's when you start to get into the Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, Brees Hall. Would you take Gibbs over those guys? I don't think so. I do I think Najee of... Harris has a much better year than he had last year. Travis Etienne is my boy, but like Travis Etienne and Gibbs are kind of similar, right? 
Besides, ETN doesn't have a David Montgomery in his backfield. Yeah, I, that's sort of the difference maker. Like, when we're projecting the workloads for the players in this year, I, I have fewer questions. And I think that's kind of the differentiator there. When you get into, like, Ken Walker, Joe Mixon uh, is a mixed bag for me. But, like, Aaron Jones, you have to worry about consistency. Like, there are a lot of question marks about all the same players in the same tier. So I understand picking Gibbs ahead of all of those players with question marks. But when you look at Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevens, like, they feel but so why, safe. Why is Ramondre Stevenson so high? Our running back 10, that's too high for me. I like Stevenson a lot. And you would think, like – him going ahead of ETN and Harris, and he, I like I would rather Gibbs than Stevenson. That just seems way too high for me. I I take except Stevenson if they get then. DeAndre Hopkins, I might go back to saying Stevenson because they should have more scoring opportunities. If I think they they're gonna have plenty of scoring one. opportunities. I do think Ramondre Stevenson is the lead back, and his usage as a receiver, like you can't beat it. You would take Stevenson over ETN or Harris. Absolutely, Najee? I think his usage as a receiver is going to be a much safer I floor. think Najee should be ranked higher this year but maybe that's just a Steelers fan in me and then I was going to ask Jameer Gibbs or Alexander Madison Alexander Madison oh, that's a close one I take Gibbs it is so more I exciting think, but Gibbs Alexander exciting. Madison seems a lot safer with the same ceiling yes yeah, so yeah I'm gonna go with yeah. It's going to be yeah. hard to rank at the bottom of this top break from running backs five through ten it's gonna be really hard to rank and this is probably why I'm going to Five prioritize to wide receiver in the upcoming year. Or maybe that's why you prioritize taking a running back. A lot of people want to take a wide receiver at the 101 and 102 because they're, they say Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, those are the safe guys. Like running backs are too inconsistent. But when you're eyeing Christian McCaffrey, Bijan Robinson right there at one and two, and you have all these guys behind them with so many question marks or inconsistencies or just such a difference, a verity of how they can end this year, maybe you take the definite. I mean, I guess I'm calling Bijan definite without him even playing a down in the league. Maybe you take that guy, though, that you really feel like is going to end as RB1 or RB2. And then knowing how some other guys will maybe drop to the third that you kind of had in the same range as everyone else, you take, you know, take your running back. Yeah. Yeah. Could be. Going to have to do some mock drafts and test that out. I was just going to say, I feel like we're we're due for a mock draft here soon. All right. That's it for today's show. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle, at Bob Blast and Bob Blast EM. And you can find me, Kate, at Kate Majuk. Bye, y'all. Bye.